0: Most of us at least know the basic main skills we need to know as songwriters, whether that be melodies or whether that be lyric writing or whether that be coming up with an interesting chord progression or guitar riff or guitar hook or piano part, whatever that may be, most of us are at least familiar with the basic songwriting skills, and especially if you've been listening for a while, hopefully you are aware of those, but I think there are three unintuitive songwriting skills that we can talk about, so we're going to talk about that today. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. Pleased to have you here today. Today we are talking about three unintuitive songwriting skills that may be a little less obvious than say like i need to know how to write good melodies well no crap of course you do like melodies are kind of important this just in um so today we're talking about three little less obvious songwriting skills and specifically these are things that i think beginners specifically tend to struggle with a little bit more before diving in as usual, if you're interested in learning more about songwriting and getting a jump start into your songwriting or a jump start into writing your next song, be sure to pick up my free guide on the ten different ways to start writing a song. It's at songwritertheory.com/free-guide. It will give you ten different ways: five from a lyrical standpoint, five from a musical standpoint, and. It is designed, really, to to make sure that people are getting outside of their box of, like, you don't just always write a song in the exact same way. Because if you write a song in the exact same way, you're going to start to get the same product. Think of it like an assembly line, right? The point of an assembly line is to get the same product over and over again, which for an assembly line is great, right? Because you don't really want your car to be a special snowflake. Usually what that's called is a lemon. That's usually a bad thing, right? Like (laughs) when your car is special, it's never special in a good way. It's always like this thing breaks down already and it's a year old. Um, So we do not want to do that with our songwriting. It's a creative process, not just a production line process. So, songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Let's talk about three unintuitive songwriting skills. So, the first one is so important and easy to not do. Um, It's still something that I struggle with, specifically with lyrics, and it's the ability to turn off your internal judge slash your internal editor when you are writing. And... This is something that I first came across in college with my composition teacher and not music composition, but um comp- composition like writing, like a you know, novel writing type stuff. And he would always talk about um that you need to be willing to just accept that the first draft isn't going to be very good and the point of a first draft isn't to be good. The point when you first start writing is to get ideas down. So my question for you is, would you want that movie critic, right? Somebody who's the judge to actually write a movie? I mean, if you've ever seen any review ever, probably not. Right. And not just because movie critics are a special breed of. Ugh. um, But but. um Also because of that. But, you know, just because you know how to criticize something, just because you know how to tear something down doesn't mean you know how to build something up, right? Even if you think of something in terms of construction, this should be relatively obvious, right? Like, I can tear down a bunch of things. You do not want me helping you build your house or really build much of anything that doesn't come with directions, so in the same way, your internal critic, your internal judge and editor is something you really want to turn off while you're writing. And a part of that, right, is, is just sort of what, what I just talked about with a good critic or a good judge is not necessarily and often is not very good at actually creating the thing. Easy to tear down. Not so easy to actually build. Another reason, though, is you don't want your internal critic, you don't want your internal editor to get in the way of fresh ideas. And the tendency is going to be that your writer is sort of the explorer. It's sort of an exploratory exploratory process. And your editor, your internal editor, is going to tend to be sort of the person with the map who says, hey, we we gotta sort of stay on this path, and there might be bears out there, and there might be wolves out there, um, at least if you live in certain parts of North America, not where I live, um, but, you know, whatever. And... In the real world, that that might be somewhat a good thing, right? Because you 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 do want to not get killed by a bear or a wolf or anything else for that matter. But when it comes to writing, there's not really a danger in like going off and exploring, right? This is sort of like an island with no with no creatures that are gonna kill you and no death traps or whatever. You need to go explore as a writer, especially if if you're going to break out of your box. If you just think of it from a physical standpoint, let's say your box is like a six-by-six-foot room, right? You need to move, and specifically you need to move outside of the room to get outside of the box, right? Your editor, your internal editor, wants you to stay inside that box that's where it's comfortable that's where you know you can do good things right maybe your first good song was a song that you wrote where it was the first time you did finger picking guitar right just for an example so you may think you know i wrote 10 songs and the first one that was any good was the first time i did finger picking guitar Boom, that's what I'm doing now. And that's what your editor is going to want to do. But in the writing process, again, it's exploratory. So you want to throw crap at the wall, see what sticks. If you have your editor on while you're writing, you're going to be thinking too much about what you're going to think of the song. right? You're you're already thinking, would I like this song? But in the writing process, you don't want to be thinking that. Because again... You're writing crap for the most part. That's fine. It's going to be edited into a good thing later, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. So just embrace the fact that it's not going to be perfect. Don't get so judgy about it so quickly, because if if you only finish writing the songs that start out pretty good, you might miss out on a lot of great songs, because just because it starts out really good doesn't mean that the final song will be really good in the same way a song that starts out really bad might eventually be something really good think of it like a sports game right like it's just because you're you know you have a really bad first half in a football game and you're down by three scores you know doesn't mean that you can't come back and then win and you know if the team gave up they they wouldn't have won that game you know, say it's a Super Bowl or, you know, if, if when I said football, you interpreted it as soccer, you know, say, say it's, it's uh champions league cup or, or what, or whatever it's called. Forgive me if I said the wrong thing. Um, don't throw tomatoes at me. Although that, then again, I can't like good luck. I mean, you, you be throwing them pretty far and I'm in a building. So if you can hit me with a, a tomato, then whatever technology you are using to get that to me, um. You should share what that is. It would have to be like a, a drone with a catapult. A very powerful cat. This doesn't matter. So anyway, the other thing you don't want to be thinking about is not thinking about what other people want. So a YouTube commenter the other week commented and asked something about, um I don't have the exact wording, but it was it, basically the question was, how much should I care? How much should I weigh? what you know the fans or what what other people think and my answer was basically you shouldn't care (laughs) um and i'm not saying that there's not a balance somewhere along the way right if you have a huge fan base you know you're then there's maybe some level of uh i don't know how to say this um Not that you can't go in any artistic direction you want, but maybe there's some level of like, well, we know what our fans want, and we also know we still know how to write stuff in that realm. I don't know. There's something about like exploring from your sound rather than just radically changing genre, right? Like, I don't know. If people, if your fans are fans of you as a rock band, like a hard rock band with no country, anything in it, and then you just have a country album, like maybe don't do that, but maybe, you know, do a southern harder rock stuff, right? You're moving you're moving in a direction, but it's not like a complete turnaround out of nowhere. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about that more. That's not really the important part because probably none of us are in that position so first thing is, how many fans do you have that, that this really matters, right? Like, I don't know. Don't, don't write something just because your mom's going to like it, right? And don't, and don't write something just because, you know, a hundred, a 1, thousand, a couple thousand fans are going to like it. Don't do that. Um, but also, don't think about what people want because, you know, just remember that the insane clown posse is a thing, right? Like, they, they are a real thing. And they have about half a million YouTube subscribers, which I know because I looked it up because I remember thinking, I really hope they're not as popular as I think they are because, well, if you've seen the Insane Clown Posse and know anything about them whatsoever, you know exactly why I'm saying that. Um, So my point here is if they can get a half of a million people to somehow like what they do, then I think there's room for whatever it is you do. So turn off that internal judge, that internal editor when you're writing. Let yourself explore. Let yourself explore. Don't be held back by that nitpicky editor. Number two, patience and editing. So I already alluded to this in the first one, so this one will probably go a little faster. But understand that writing is editing. This is another thing I learned from my composition teacher that I think is very important. I think some people sort of have this fantasy in their head that a writer of any kind, whether that's a novelist or a songwriter or a poet, they just kind of sit down and, you know, Edgar Allan Poe maybe sat down and just, you know, wrote. A poem. First draft. Nailed it. Done. And, um, you know, maybe maybe that happens sometimes. I'm not taking that away from anybody. But most of the time, that's not what writing looks like. Writing is mostly you write a first draft, and then you edit for much longer than you write. Like, for example, a novel, which... um, some of them go through like eight, ten edits, right? Like you don't write it eight or ten times, but you might edit it eight or ten times. And you have to go through all the writing and fix the wording and, and move stuff around and take stuff out and put stuff in. There's a lot that goes into it. So be patient about editing. Don't just think like, hey, I have a first verse, a second verse, and a chorus, and a bridge. Um, cool. I, I guess it's done. Well, Maybe. But are, are they good? How's that second verse looking? We've talked before about second verse tends to be that, that struggle for, for basically any songwriter ever, right? Because you're constrained by the rules of a first verse, right? You have to have the same syllables generally. You have to have – usually you're going to have the same rhyme scheme if you do have a rhyme scheme. Uh, it's bound by the same melody. So, but, yeah, you have to have different lyrics. So that, that can be a challenge. Also, sometimes it can be, you know, you have information already from the first verse in the chorus, so you need to not repeat the information that you've given already in the second verse, uh, which adds to the challenge. So, maybe you need to be a little bit more patient about that editing process. Don't be in such a rush to move on. Don't be in such a rush to call a song done. You want to feel good about the song. You want to feel like this th- this is good, the way it is. I feel proud of this song. Not just pump a bunch of songs that were close to being really good out um, earlier than they should be. Editing might take a while. If you can accept that and embrace that, it will help you out. Just imagine uh, if somebody took the best scenes of a movie and spliced them together in whatever order they were filmed and then didn't add CGI right Like editing is very important in any in any art and certainly editing, just to be clear, there's a many many things that go into this. One is like don't necessarily stick with the first melody you write. Maybe adjust it a little bit see if you can make it even more interesting. Maybe you like your chord progression, maybe you like your piano part, but hey again. Try, try to just adjust it a little bit. See if you can make it even better. And certainly lyrics, I think, are where this most b- applies. Um, I think lyrics are where people tend to be least patient. And where, in my opinion, you need to be most patient. Um, it's a lot easier to write something really good the first time that's musical, in my opinion anyway, uh, than it is with words. Um, Because you can somewhat just feel the music and words, I would argue, is more than just a feeling, which brings us to point number three or unintuitive songwriting skill number three. The ability to find the balance between knowledge and feeling. So ultimately, music needs to hit the right emotions to be effective, right? I think we all agree with that. If it's not emotionally resonant, the song has failed no matter how brilliant parts of it may be, right? Nobody gives a rip about how cool of a time signature, or I shouldn't say nobody. There's always somebody, right? There's a lot of drummers out there that I know, for instance, tend to highly value different time signatures and, you know, and your average person in general right it's those of us who buy into the lyrics are extremely important camp we are unfortunately sort of the exception so there's a lot of people I, i mean there are a lot of songwriters who don't even think lyrics are that important which just boggles my mind but um anyway not really the point for most people for the average person for people who want to engage with music, um, not to necessarily appreciate the brilliance of a piece of music, but to be impacted by it. You're the general person who's listening to music, it needs to hit the right emotions. If people's feelings aren't touched, the song is not going to be effective. Simple. At the same time, though, music is also a highly technical thing. And I think sometimes we want to ignore that part, or a lot of people do. They kind of just want to be like, oh, just like put something together that feels good. I don't want to have to think about it. Like, well, that can work, to be clear, right? I'm not saying that will never work and you're going to, like, no, I'm not saying that. Um, But like most things in life, you are much better off if you don't turn your heart off, you keep it on, but you also use your brain. Uh because frankly, our hearts are dumb, right? because our hearts aren't our brains, there's no thinking there, and yes, I know that technically our heart in the way I'm using, like it's our heart is just keeps us alive via you know pumping blood through our system. I know that, but you know what I mean when I say heart, and that emotional side of the brain is not very good at thinking straight, it's just not, and there's a lot of stuff in music that's highly technical. Right? It's not just a feeling in your head that say a 5 chord to a 1 chord is one of the most powerful resolutions, right? The knowing the 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 impact of a 1 chord and, you know, that it basically functions as home base if you will. It functions as the resolution to a song or feels the most resolved of any chord or note, but really chord, in a song is something important to know, right? Just like knowledge is important for your songwriting, That, like that right there indicates like, okay, there's a technical element of this. If songwriting didn't have a technical element, so if you're not buying into this yet, if songwriting did not have a technical element, why are you listening to a podcast? I can't like what what am i going to teach you the feeling element like i'm going to teach you how to get in touch with your inner you or some some crap that's like like let me help you reach into your feelings and and grab your heartbeat and put it on the paper like is that like is that what i do here no we're learning about technical things right we we learn about keys we learn about all these different important uh head knowledge and that's not to say that we can't talk about feeling at all so i I poke fun at it but like of of course we can talk about that but that's a little bit more of the like you have it or you don't or that's a little bit more of the like it's going to take some time to be able to put your feelings on paper in a certain way and there's just less to teach on that but the the very fact that you listen to songwriting podcasts even if there's a first songwriter theory podcast you've listened to if you listen to other songwriting podcasts or you're seeking songwriting pro Um, songwriting podcast that's sort of an indication and an admission that there's a technical element to this and you don't know some of the technical pieces and that's the brain element right? that's the engineering side if you will excuse the thunder if you could hear that but ultimately your music and lyrics need to make sense So I'm not saying that you can't just go off of how a song feels. And again, I'm not even saying that's not a good thing to do sometimes. I'm not telling you to turn your feelings off. I would never tell you to, to do that. What I am saying is that your brain needs to be involved in this process too. And there's a balance, right? Just because a song feels good and you feel good while singing it, and you think, wow, that was so emotional or that was so fun or I feel so happy after doing that or whatever emotion it's going for. If at the end of the day, the lyrics don't make any sense or those of, or the rest of us who are listening are like, yeah, but it's about something stupid, right? Like, like, I like, I don't know. I like ice cream, but am I really going to resonate with like this weird convoluted story about this one time you get an ice cream cone? Probably not. <laughs> right. Um. So but maybe if we insert a little knowledge into the whole thing, uh, maybe we would have realized that we can tell a compelling story around an ice cream cone. But just sort of, you know, talking about it in the generic sense where like legitimately this is about an ice cream cone. It doesn't represent something bigger. It doesn't like I don't know maybe I'm thinking off the top of my head here, but like, you know, maybe it's, it's something where like the, the ice cream cone is a representation of, of childhood because you're getting the ice cream cone from like the ice cream truck or something. And it sort of represents the passing by of childhood or or the, I, I don't know, something like that. Right. Then all of a sudden it becomes resonant again. If you're literally just talking about like, I love ice cream. Like, what is this a kid's song? Um, and, and Hey, you know, maybe it is possible to write an ice cream song that's legitimately very good that's not for kids um it was just a random thing i thought of so again i'm not i'm not saying don't do that per se it's just hopefully an example of like use your brain use your knowledge use what you learn from whether it be this podcast the uh, the youtube channel or you know whoever else you listen to about songwriting find that balance feel things but also use your brain your brain your brain's there for a reason use your creative brain use your analytical brain right use, use use all sides of your brain the idea that you know one would hurt or whatever no it all helps as somebody who personally I feel that it has helped me greatly that I am both like I've always been a creative writing type person. I wrote stories and articles and stuff way back when I was like 10. And so I've always been sort of a a writer and a feeling musician, whatever. But I've also always been a a math, logic, facts, um, engineering type. Uh, Hence why I'm a software developer by day. So for me personally, I have found that those two together have been incredibly helpful to me. I'm not saying to go out and get an engineering degree. What I am saying is that I can at least tell you anecdotally for me, finding the balance of overall using feelings as as, as the base and the heart of the music, but using my knowledge to my advantage – And using my understanding of how, you know, certain musical concepts fit together or like thinking about like, ooh, you know what will really help make it feel like this chorus has there's something more coming? Not using the one chord. And it works, right? Because I'm using my knowledge. I'm not just feeling, oh, what is the right music for this? I do do that. But I also think a little bit more about. The bigger picture. I think about some of the options I have to, to give certain emotional feelings. It's a combination. We could do a whole podcast just about that point. Won't talk about it anymore. Hopefully this was helpful to you. If it was, this is actually a podcast that is audio only. This one will not be on YouTube. So everybody who's listening is not on YouTube. Um, so if you are a podcast listener and you haven't already and you're wondering Hey, I like this podcast. It's helpful. Joseph is funny sometimes, once in a great while. He doesn't tick me off most weeks. If you think any of those things and you want to know how to thank me, the way you can thank me is leaving a review specifically on iTunes. I know I say it a lot, but a lot of you haven't. And by a lot of you, I mean like the vast majority of you haven't. Uh, the statistics of how many people have left reviews versus how many people listen is not close. <laughs> so uh, if you want to help me out, that is the quick, easy way that you can do that. Uh, that is greatly appreciated. Those of you who have done it, thank you. Um, especially those of you with the the five star reviews and, and and the four stars as well. Um, Some people go on there with, there was one person who just like watched, listened to one podcast and left a three-star review complaining. I don't don't know. It's weird. It's like who leaves a review after listening to one podcast? I've never done that in my life. I usually listen to like 20 before I leave a review. But anyway, especially a negative one. I just, I don't know. I don't really understand that. But if you want to help me reach more people, if you want to help grow this community of songwriter theory people that's the way you can do it again pick up the free guide if you haven't already songwritertheory.com free guide 10 different ways to start writing a song thank you for listening i appreciate every single one of you and i will talk to you next time